This is Make Something Cool. I'm Alex Sug. Today, I'm sitting down with Luke Beard. Luke is the co-founder of Any Distance, which is a really cool fitness app that we will be talking a lot about today. But he's also the founder of Exposure, which is a sweet uh, visual storytelling platform that I used a long time ago, and it's been going strong for years and years. Um, Luke, it's been an epic couple of weeks, dude. Lots <laughs> going on, so I'm excited to nerd out on uh, what's going on with Any Distance. Thanks for being here. Oh, my, my pleasure. I mean, it's always nice to catch up with an old internet friend. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, for everyone listening, I had a podcast, I think it was back in 2016, and Luke was one of my first ever podcasts. So it's fun to uh, circle all the way back now. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, dude, I mean, your company, you just raised a bunch of money for it, 1.5 million bucks. And I've been kind of watching from a distance what's going on with with any distance the app for a while. I was uh, got to test it early mm-hmm. on. You sent me a little uh, test flight beta and all that good stuff. I'm not much of a runner, <laughs> so I tried it like one or two days, and I thought the app was sweet, but I'm just not disciplined enough to uh, actually get off my ass and run. But mm-hmm. I'm curious, dude. Like maybe just for the high level, just explain what any distance is and how it came to be. Sure. Um, originally it was conceived and built as a kind of like scratch your own itch type thing. Um, because, uh, I spent the late part of 2020, uh, dealing with the entire change of the world, like everybody else was. And, um, I was mostly coping with it. Well, initially I coped with it by trying to self-soothe through alcohol. And that was a terrible idea because I was anxious all the time. Mm. And then... Eventually, just was like, fuck it, I'm going to go start walking. So I, I walked for two hours a day, pretty much every day for three or four months or something like that. Like, decided to crush a bunch of podcasts uh, about things that was tangentially related in, like aerospace and things like that. Um, I started to feel better almost instantly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you look back at that time, it was the meme of going for a stupid little walk for my stupid little mental health. It was like literally me every day. <laughs> And it was having a pretty, like, two hours is not a small amount of time, so it was, like, having a, like, a big effect on, like, my physical, like, body, which was really cool. Uh, walking led to running. Running led to me being a chronic oversharer and, like, tracking it all and then sharing about the tracking, mostly through Strava at the time. And every time I wanted to, like, share kind of, like, the infographic that Strava spat out, it's, like, a very, like, clunky little graphic. It's, like, two by three. Like, it's not designed for any of the ways you actually share <laughs> um, yeah. uh, on stories, especially since that was like the main like point of I was sharing through. So, and it was also very like uh, it was very informal because it was uh, just like the way the branding was on it. Like you can turn off, you can customize it, you can like make it yours in many ways. Right. And so Strava, kinda... just just for clarity, Strava is like the oh, yeah. ugly orange running <laughs> tracker. It, it's it's great well, it's for cool. what it does. Yeah, it's cool. But yeah, I agree. It's not ugly. But it's not. It's not like. Uh, if you're sharing on social media or something, yep. it's like, oh, it's just like this map view, essentially. And it's like the orange <laughs> lines that mm-hmm. kind of track your track. Mm-hmm. Your, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we it was any distance started as initial response to like, hey, I want to share the activities I've been doing, but I don't have a way that makes like, it feels like personal and photo driven and privacy driven because I don't particularly want to share a map, even though there's like root clipping and all that kind of stuff. But so, yeah, I started sharing my own templates. I was like making them myself in Sketch. And then people were asking what app I was using to like get them like to look like this. Uh, And I was like, oh, I'm just making these myself. So I read once I kind of like mocked up a little bit more of the app, I shared it on Twitter. I was like, hey, would anybody use this? And they were like, well, yeah, that kicks ass. Like, can we get to this now? That tweet got like 100,000 impressions or something silly. So I was like, okay, this is interesting. It just so happens at the time. I met Dan, my co-founder, uh, and he was down to build some fun stuff. So that was the initial version. It was just like suck in data from whatever you're tracking your data with to spit out cool share graphics. And we iterated on that for about a year and a half. Mm. So it became like our, that was like our main focus. Like we have 3D graphs. You can see your root in AR. That's like very privacy driven. You can customize the colors. There's filters you can use from my friends at Hipstamatic, which is hilarious to me because I worked for them like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just built out this like really nice sharing app effectively for right. sharing your sharing your activities. It evolved over the year over the year and a half where we like just built that that it was like people were searching for something else in the in the market. And I was personally too. So when it came down to like what what are we going to do with any distance in the future, it was it was more about, well, 
we know the being active and, and like being motivated and incentivized to be active is a really strong like component to feel like to think about your wellness. Right. And that kind of became the whole mission of the company. So while well, Anderson started as sharing your workouts or sharing your activities has now become like, you know, um, how do we incentivize and motivate people to be more active to fundamentally improve their wellness? Um, and that's kind of like the big vision. But yeah. um, but we're doing that through through software and physical experiences. So uh, some of the cool things that kind of like shook the story out in in earnest was like throughout the year and a half we built the initial version, we kept hearing like very, con- very, con- uh, very concise feedback. They're like, "Hey, like, I'm being more active because I enjoy using this software experience." Like, cool, okay. We have a funk, we have a style people like. It was making people feel edgy and cool. That was like great. Okay, that's that's an interesting point. The other was like we, uh, especially from women, they were like, "Oh, we, I feel safe sharing my activities because we don't include any maps. We show the root line, but you can like move it around, you can turn it off, you can do whatever you want." And unfortunately, over the 2021 a couple of women lost their lives to being tracked down from their from sharing their activities on Strava and things like that. Wow. And that I that's awful. Uh, and we actually got tagged in a bunch of conversations on Instagram for women talking about how to be safer when they go for runs. And yeah, that was just like it kicked off like such a strong discussion between those 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 people and it was just like oh, okay, well we're going to we're going to build the company with a tentpole of safety and privacy. Like this is not an afterthought. Right. This is literally like we're fundamentally building on top of this. And then, you know, we just, it's the market for activity tracking and sharing is like, don't, don't be has a stranglehold on it. Like sure. There are some mm. like market default apps, but like realistically they haven't changed much in years or they've been gobbled up by ASICs, like owns Runkeeper and Under Armour owns map by run and Adidas owns, I forget which one they have. Um, so there's very like few brand agnostic ones. It's like Nike Run Club. It's like realistically, right. these are all channels for those brands as opposed right. to like, you know, they're great experiences in their own right. But they're like the other part of like discussions we were hearing, it's like people don't know what's happening with their data. Like uh, to go back to the privacy and safety component of mm. this, it's like, oh, I want to track my runs and I want to track my walks or whatever. But like, I don't actually know what's happening with this data. And that makes me feel uncomfortable. Like the surface yeah. tension that Facebook, Instagram, the surveillance net that we all use every single day has just created this very, you know, this very like dubious feeling when you're trying to like track this kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, we, we saw a bunch of problems in the market. Nobody, nobody owns the market of activity tracking and sharing per se. So yeah, we just started building the bigger vision off all these points that we learned over the year and a half. And we were all bootstrapping, not bootstrapping, but like side questing AD on top of our own businesses. uh, Right. So so yeah, that was, that was more of like a more of like a here's how it came to be story than like what is it. But right now it is activity tracking, uh, privacy focused activity tracking and sharing, with the idea that we can motivate and incentivize you to uh, to be more active without the idea that competition or comparison is going to make any difference. So there's plenty yeah. of apps to go and be your best athlete. We just want you to go for a stupid little walk for your stupid little mental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> realistically. Yeah. Yeah, what I loved about it, I mean, that that makes a ton of sense. What I loved about it right away was the photo sharing part of it where you said like, yeah, they're cool, like hipstamatic filter filters mm-hmm. on it. What I loved about it is that it's combining like, yeah, it's like the physical because it's everyone can be like, yeah, I'll post, uh, you know, a selfie at the gym. And that feels a little weird for whatever reason. <laughs> or you post your Strava of the map of you running in there. Again, those security concerns. But also just like it's not as visually uh, appealing, but you kind mm-hmm. of blended these two worlds where it's like, like, I remember the the first time I used any distance, I was like running through Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I'm taking a cool selfie with like the really mm-hmm. badass arch and Brooklyn Bridge. And then the map mm-hmm. of my run is like showed it's just this really cool combination of these two things that I didn't really know I wanted. And it seems <laughs> like you kind of magically struck this magic uh, between like fitness sharing fitness but also like in a really aesthetically pleasing way yeah i mean like thankfully you know product design and like what people expect from these you know social forward applications has come a long way in the past 10 years and um i don't know i do enjoy you know building an edgy cool app it's like any distance isn't gonna be for everybody uh, as a whole like that's okay now now we're moving into the tracking part that we definitely want to be as as inclusive as possible but i mean from a design aesthetic like from a brand aesthetic like 
uh, we have a whole like merge strategy, right? So like part of the any distance mo- motivation incentivizes component is um, collectibles. So collectibles are achievements in the app that have, like, oh, you ran a 5K, here's a cool medal. Like that you can see in AR and 3D and they're like kick ass. And yeah. they're kind of like what Apple does with the Apple Watch, but we like, we wanted to be insane with it. So we've just like made a bunch <laughs> of crazy ones. Yeah. And then uh, sound items, which are like literally like you can find a pair of sneakers uh, like either digitally and then redeem them for discounts and things like that like this is all our whole like our innovation per se of the whole thing is maybe like this gamification we build so it's you know the our merch strategy for this is like can can we get people to you know ru- move for 30 minutes to earn a discount on one of our t-shirts and the answer is yes so like that proves out one of our one of our core like pillars of motivation here but our t-shirts are weird they're like so weird and we think about it more so like in the liquid death end of things, like from oh, yeah. a perspe- brand perspective, like liquid death is not water for everybody, but they use that to their advantage by kind of like people hate it and love it type thing. Yeah. And that's a, a you, you, to have polarizing passions is like pretty, pretty um, invigorating for a brand. Like, so it's like we get people that really love what we're doing. Yeah. People are like, ah, don't what what's why do you have a T-shirt with like a with a with a grumpy eagle walking in it. And I was like, cause it's funny <laughs> right. and people love it. And we sold like ton of them. Right. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's been fun to like work with a modern design aesthetic and, a you know, be aware of the culture happening right now. And mm. then I blend that into an experience that people will hopefully enjoy But ultimately like giving people edgy ways to share their activities was, was an interesting way to start. Yeah. Because but most apps in space, like I said, like they consider sharing an afterthought where we built it as the front thought. So we're kind of working backwards. It's actually very fun because right. we're like learning. There's so many apps out in the world, like tracking activities and runs, or whatever. So like there's a ton of learnings. Like we can kind of like hop skip like a lot of like bullshit because yeah. we're like, oh, like we know where people expect the stop button to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like sharing has never been nailed by any of the activity uh, stuff, uh, any of the activity apps. Like Strava's done a good job, uh, especially right. their rap, their like rewind last year, like their story stuff. Like that was kick ass. Mm. And we're going to do it our own this year, but it'll be more fun and weird. But yeah. uh yeah, to like work backwards is is a lot more fun. So so yeah. it's it's it, it and what you're saying about like, oh, I didn't know I needed this. I was like, oh, well, it's more so like a solution to like what people already do as a behavior. Like they're already sharing a lot on Instagram. Like right. and you know, if you remember way back in the day when people were sharing about their like Forceware or Goala or things uh-huh. like that, like it's like giving people like ways to talk about things they already talk about in social media is just like a function of the internet at this point. So yeah, I love that. Like from the outside looking in, it just looks fun. Like it looks <laughs> like the or and I th- think you guys working on it, but like the brand itself just feels fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like for me, it's refreshing because I think in so much of the tech startup building company world, it feels pretty like sterile and boring <laughs> a lot of the time. Was mm-hmm. that like a conscious choice from the beginning? You're like, I just want this to be like fun. And if we're going to go this route, we have to make it like edgy and cool. Um, yes. Uh, some of it, some of it is definitely empowered from Daniel, my co-founder, who's 10 years younger than me. Okay. <laughs> who is just, he says 24 and just like, he pushes like a lot of norms out of my brain, which is nice. Like, you know, the fact we have like 10 logos is not like, is not an accident. We like chose to not care because yeah. we didn't have a brand manual immediately. But well, our brand manual is just like, here's all the logos you can choose from. Like, they're like <laughs> right. a fucking like 10 of them. Yeah. And for, especially from a software perspective, there are a lot, mm. there's a lot of like, you know, design is important, like consistency is important. But like when you're creating a brand that like any more of like a, I guess, mantra or attitude, like you can invoke it. So like we've much more, much more pushed the idea of any distance counts, which is like our motto as opposed to like a specific design language. So like building the motto as the kind of like consistent part versus like making sure the colors are right or, sure. you know, and things like that is is way more fun. It's like, it makes people like, engaged like and like i said all our t-shirts are different it's not just like our logo on a black t-shirt in a startupy way it's like more ridiculously stupid but yeah fun, fun is a key part and again that gives us kind of like a fun market advantage because a lot of apps that people have been using or running etc uh, they don't do super, fun stuff. Super serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're very serious. They're like, be a, be your best athlete. And I'm like, again, I'm like, no, I just want you to walk to the coffee shop instead of driving. <laughs> like, right. it's all I want. Um, 
of course, like, you know, I want to empower and celebrate the people that really go the extra mile. That's why we have achievement medals. Like you can, you know, you, there's achievement medals all the way to like hundred mile rides and things like that. Like it's, we want to make sure we cater for the prosumer, but like there's a much bigger part of the, well, especially in the US, like just these people, uh, people that like struggle with being active and like it's causing obesity epidemic and like a general, you know, uh, health epidemic like it's right. it's bad so if we can say like hey especially coming up to october like we've done a bunch of like halloween collectibles so mm-hmm. we have a bunch of very silly stuff we're about to drop that if you know over the week of october over october we're gonna be like well if you walk 30 minutes you will find this very silly zombie uh that is hilarious and we like you can put the zombie in ar you can like hang out with it and it'll be very very funny <laughs> So it's that kind of stuff, and we can just move really fast. Like we decided to do that on a whim. We were like, "Yeah, let's do some Halloween collectibles." Of course, that kicks ass, um, and that <laughs> right. really helps us with partners too, like commercialization, like the fact that we can be fun and weird. As more brands try to be fun and weird, like being natively fun and weird is better than like trying to ham fist it into like like a fun company, like Microsoft, like doing their like really weird TikTok strategy for Teams. Have you seen that? It's I haven't incredible. seen it. No. Go on the Microsoft Teams TikTok. It is really good. But at the same time, you're like, this is Microsoft and it's weird. But like they're, you know, being, <laughs> uh, it's almost like being Web3 native. It's like being weird native is like more fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, dude. I'm curious, like with all that, because I mean, raising money with mm-hmm. that, like it sounds like it was pretty, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like a pretty cool, like you were, you tried this idea and you got pretty good traction by bootstrapping for mm-hmm. what was it? Maybe like the first year. Year, 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 and year, a half. Year, year, year and a half, basically. Yeah. So I'm curious about the choice to raise money. I want, like, I definitely have a few questions about that. But like, was <laughs> there was there a point when you're like, like, when did you start thinking like this should be a venture backed company? And did you ever just think like maybe we should just keep bootstrapping this thing and just keep it, you know, just us? Or did you always <laughs> feel like like raising raising money was the route you needed to go? Well, for context, like most of 2022 was spent in like a weird influx of kind of depression and running and building AD really like kept me going through that, which was nice. And there was a lot of like, oh God, what do we do with it? And also what do we do with exposure at that point? Cause I was still running that. So there, through the year, I was like almost like stress testing my passions about like, what do I actually care about? Mm. So he came out this, the other end of that. And thankfully I kind of mostly kind of got my, uh, geese in a V. <laughs> which is a very mm-hmm. funny way of saying ducks in a row uh, for my <laughs> mental health um, in early this year, it was like, yeah, I, I care about this. Like this has truly helped me and I know it's helped other people. And like it realistically, if I can make a teeny tiny dent on wellness on a global or even local level, like I, this feels important to me after yeah. having my, you know, like aha moment with physical, <laughs> physical activity and yeah. wellness. So raising money, in this kind of space just makes sense uh, given at the time. And we actually raised money in like April, May, June kind of time. Okay. It took a little bit close up. So we only, we only announced it like last week because like we had to, <laughs> like we were right. like, Oh yeah, we forgot to do this. And our investors were like, mm, like it'd be cool to talk about it. I'd be like, Oh yeah, right. Cool. Let's do it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, and it was, it's been great. It's generally good for hiring to do PR and mm-hmm. you know, we had a cool partnerships reach. But um, the actual decision to raise money was like when me and sat Dan and sat down and be like, well, what do we want to do with the next however many years of our life, like for the future? It was like, well, I think this, I think we've described any distance as lighting in a bottle. Like we have a lot to offer and we have a product that people care about. But realistically, like without unscrewing that bottle, like you or unscrew, you're basically unscrewing a bottle like that very slowly when you're bootstrapping. Like you cannot right. throw fuel in the fire. You can't do the like traditional VC route type stuff. And I had never really raised it that much money. Previously, I'd raised like 400K for exposure like seven years ago, eight years ago. So when we were like, well, what is, you know, what does a pre-seed round look for us, look like for us? Um, we have, we're, we're way further along than most pre-seed companies because Typically, right. when you raise, pre- raise pre-seed, you like have an idea and literally nothing. Right, but you have like, a ton, wow, of, here's this ton of users yeah. <laughs> and people using it every day. Yeah, yeah. We're like, look at this thing that's working. And the mo- the most obvious part for me was that I could sit down and see a vision for the next like five years. Mm-hmm. Like I, we when we started kind of putting the feelers out on raising money, people were really receptive. Thankfully, and very, you know, I have a lot of privilege that I've been on the internet for a long time, and I made a lot of connections and all my Twitter 
all my Twitter work for the past 12, 14 years has paid off greatly because I've raised a lot of money just from DMing people. Be like, hey, buddy, like, thinking about raising for AD. And they're like, oh, great, I'm in. I'm like, perfect. Yeah. But we got to the point where we got, we started to get intros to funds and things like that once the decision had been made. That me and Dan want to work on this for the stable future. We want to grow a company. We want to hire people. We want to make this in hopefully like net positive late stage capitalism experiments like uh, as big as it can be. Uh, in a, when I say big as I can be, I mean by grow by the right means, not by any means. I don't mm. mean like growth for the sake of growth. I'm talking about like growth for the sake of like it's meaningful to uh, consumers and stakeholders. Yeah. So, yeah, once that decision had been made, like, you know, uh, I had to like sit down and like think about the vision and it came like pretty naturally. And I was like, well, that's new for me as someone who had struggled in my previous businesses. Like, I don't really know what to do with this. Like, I don't know where to go. I don't know who, who to talk to. But for some reason, like everything started clicking into place. Like again, like it's a huge privilege to have all this available to me. And when I started asking friends, um, Dan's Eric, my DZ, uh, who just raised money for his company. And he was like, so helpful. And he was like, oh no, you got this. And I was like, oh, okay. But once I put the pitch together, which was a pitch.com deck, like I literally like, I think I did it in, in one afternoon. And it was mostly just, you know, it came naturally out of my brain and onto the slides. And then I recorded a loom of me talking through the pitch and I started sending that around. Like I didn't, I didn't want to do traditional fundraising too. Cause I'm like, honestly, like I don't want to spend a hundred hours in pitches right. to get turned down. And so I was like, here, watch this loom for 23 minutes. If you have more questions, like let's talk and like go from there. And that worked amazingly well. Um, That's awesome. That's like being my, yeah, honestly, it's fucking, I don't ever want to do traditional fundraising unless I have to. Like it was kick ass. <laughs> so just be like, I was also, the hilarious thing was like sharing reactions to the, the deck on Twitter. I think you saw this. Dude, I saw but, it. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, it was like just a thread of people watching it and then reacting. And then people would DM me and be like, can I watch it? And I'd be like, are you investing? And they'd be like, oh yeah, like, you know, I do like 25K checks here and there. I was like, perfect, that's great. Like, here's the deck. Here's the other information. He's like, cool, I'm in. Like, and that happened, I think we raised like 300 grand just from like Twitter DMs. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But my, my favorite part of the fundraising journey was the um, Fit Insider who are like domain experts in like a lot of the space. If you want to learn anything about what's going on, subscribe to insider.fit.com. And it's two brothers from Pittsburgh. And when we first launched Any Distance, Anthony, uh, he DM'd me on Twitter and was like, hey, this this looks awesome. Like, uh, are you raising money? And I was like, oh, I don't know. We're like just making something for fun right now. We're like product people making a product. It's kick ass. Uh, and he's like, cool. Like, if you do, let me know. So that was like the last DM I had with him. And then a year and a half later, I'm like, okay, it's time. And we got on a call and they like invested like the day after or something like that. So like, it was just, I don't know, like building relationships <laughs> at, and like a Twitter public building attitude has been like really helpful during this whole time. Yeah. But yes, between that and a few of the funds we got connected up with, it's been great. Like, I, I say that, like, you I don't know if you're going to post this video, it's my face, but like, I'm doing like big eyes, high <laughs> eyebrows. I'm like, this has not been, I don't think this is a traditional kind of like venture backed company. Like, I have one of our investors, Bungalow Capital, pinned in my phone. Like, I just DM them shit, like, text them shit all day. And like, they just drag me and like, it's fun. Like, all our investors are like genuinely incredible and like they've been very helpful from like a support perspective not just a resource perspective because it is it's about like having stakeholders is about people that are putting a bet on you like this is not about like an immediate return like especially in the pre-seed stage of things it's about like can this work and like we're right. willing for it not to work because we believe in what you're doing and you so but yeah the fundraising journey has been great like i'm actually excited to do our next round in march ish if we hit the things we want to hit but we've yeah we're just hired our fifth person and probably a sixth by the end of the week and that'll do us until the next round but super weird to have like an office and like fucking do all the regular kind of like business building stuff but at the same time it's like thrilling it is thrilling. Yeah. like i get it i've never actually woken up every day and been like i want to work on this thing and it's like right so fun <laughs> for sure but again huge privilege not every guest do this like i also want to acknowledge that like this you know cool products but i'm also like a white man in the industry like like in where i know like people color have a hard time raising money and women especially so i don't know it's like it's kind of like i i can i can acknowledge that i'm having a great time but i know others don't so. 
Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I hear that, dude. That's, that's really impressive though. And it sounds like really cool. I did love seeing all these DMS from people. <laughs> I, you would like scribble out their names. who would know who it was, <laughs> but it was just like this onslaught of people that were like, this is the best deck, the best presentation I've ever seen. How can I write you a check right now? What, what, did, <laughs> oh, yeah, what did literally. you, what did you do in this pitch deck that made it so amazing? What was it literally just like an afternoon? Uh, I think it's just like good storytelling. Like yeah. I just had a very succinct vision for like what I wanted to achieve between now and like the big, big visions in the future, even like mm-hmm. things that aren't on consumer work. Like we have a big AR play, like from a gamification standpoint where like it requires like wearable AR glasses. <laughs> and like, I'm just thinking about, especially like some, you know, if you pay attention to where what Apple's going to release and like the whole market will shift in a very fun way, the way the similar way to the iPhone did when, when Apple finally released that consumer AR uh, stuff. So mm. yeah, it's, it was just like, it's fun to play in a market where there are existing patterns, but you can be like, well, here's what's wrong. Here's what we can do. Right. Here's the execution. Here's the execution, what we can do right now. Here's all the fun stuff. But like, here's really where the vision is like, and if we can truly just motivate a few people to <laughs> a few percent of the planet to like move around a bit, like it's a huge impact and it's a massive commercial opportunity for partners and future yeah. investors and all the brands and like realistically business building. Like we have three revenue streams already. Like mm-hmm. I want this to be a very diverse business, like a very protective, like a very resilient business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't really want to build anything that flames out, but you know, we're being very strategic with how and where we spend our money. That being said, we did also just buy a mini fridge because <laughs> we were bored, bored of the people in our office stealing our beverages. So, uh, I think, $200 mini fridge from Amazon, just leave us alone. I was going to say, yeah, you, you can probably <laughs> afford that. You can probably afford that. <laughs> it's quality. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, at some point I think maybe I'll release like a, scrubbed version there's a few like ideas in there i went like wholeheartedly out in the world right but um yeah it's just me talking scratching my nose and fucking um touching my hair too much for 23 minutes and i think it's i don't know there's like an earnestness to it right that seemed to hit really hard and uh it also was like beneficial because some people were watching it and then inferring me to vcs who were too busy to watch it but they'd heard enough from the people Mm. that they have trust for this stuff the, and it's funny because like, eh, will Dave mind this? Yeah, he won't mind. So I got an intro to Bungalow Capital, uh, Dave Ambrose, who is easily the coolest, coolest man <laughs> in the space I met somewhere. I uh, I sent one of his guys, um, one of his friends, um, Ardek, like a uh, guy called Bezod. He's awesome. He's an investor. Uh, and then he told Dave about it. And then I got an intro to to Dave from Bungalow Capital, who then took a call with me like immediately. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, have you watched the pitch? He's like, no, 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 no. I was like, it, so I just kind of like talked him through the idea for 20 minutes. He was like, oh, cool, great. And then we moved along and then they ended up investing. And then I see him like months later in New York and I talk about these ideas that are in the deck because I assumed he'd watched it. He had not. <laughs> he just like, he'd just been like really stoked on the, on what I had like the story I had told and where that we are to what we've been shipping. But this is funny in that kind of way. Like yeah. a deck, a deck can do a lot like lower down the food chain than it can. So, right. So, so it's been interesting and we'll do the same approach for the next round, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes now. Now. Yeah. I'm curious too, with the, when you do, when you do raise money, is it like you have one like lead investor who like puts in the vast majority or is it just like distributed amongst like a ton of people who put in different varying amounts? Like how does that work? Um, well in our case we had two co co leads and some of it's kind of like general fund positioning. Some of it is like the, the lead Investors typically sets the terms that everybody else kind of comes in on. So gotcha. they don't really get to negotiate anything below the two, the, the lead investor. But yeah, it's not as complicated as you think, um, especially given the the vehicles that you can use these days. Um, we use one called um, AngelList uh, Rollup Vehicle, which is a fantastic service that basically like you send a link to people that can invest between $1,000 and $50,000 and they like literally just put in like their bank info and like some basic stuff and like they're in but on the cap table they're listed as like one item so you can have as many you can like bundle a bunch of people into one kind of uh stakeholder Mm. um and so like we're in the golden age of tools for 
for gaining investment right now. Like, if you ever want to talk more about Angel List Roller Vehicles, I will have talked to talk about it. It kicks so much ass. Okay. Such a good product. <laughs> yeah, like we had just friends like kicking in $1,000 here and there, but like just wanted to be part of it. And then like I didn't have to do anything. I'm just like, here's your link. And it happened. Obviously, we, we took the round was structured in a way that like four funds like contributed the majority. And then this rolled up vehicle had. Three hundred thousand people, three hundred thousand dollars worth of like small checks in cool. it. But yeah, it's like mostly just like, hey, like the lead investor writes the terms and you negotiate on the terms. You know, like this sounds good to us, and then you kind of do a handshake, you sign some papers, and then everybody else uses the same deal. Yeah. So there's obviously a lot of like legal nuance in there, and again, I'm very privileged in the fact that I had um, general counsel on hand, this guy called Greg from New York, um, who's been our like kind of lawyer for a long time and yeah he you know it, have it, i highly suggest getting general counsel very early on if you're deciding to raise money because it's just so much helpful because there's a lot i had to learn during this whole process and it was much nicer for sure on anybody else and like you know <laughs> you can google a lot it's like again like golden age of like fundraising you can you can learn so much for free but at the same time having a lawyer tell you like this is what this actually means i'm like okay cool yeah. thanks greg <laughs> for sure for Don't sure fuck myself there yeah i do feel like the process can be pretty like scary and like not like you don't know especially i don't know if you if you don't come from like the tech world traditionally it's like extra like I don't know. Like there are a bunch of people who like went to Stanford and they grew up in Palo Alto and it's like, they just know the language very well. And then there's, if you don't come from that world, I feel like it can be a little intimidating. So it's relieving to hear, like maybe it's not as yeah. scary as it seems. Um, I do want to ask um, though. No, it's my, Oh, go ahead. Oh, it's like, Oh, I've also been very close to a lot of fundraising when I was at Voyage, the self-driving car company. Like I was, I was part of their seed, that pre-seed seed and then their a round. So like, I saw a lot of fundraising like hmm. stuff. I did the decks for it. Like, I, so I have been very, I, my proximity to fundraising has always been like fairly close. So I like know a lot from that, but at the same time, it's not something you couldn't necessarily learn from any of the free resources from Sequoia or anything like that. Like it's a skill and it does sound very intimidating and it is. But then once you're like over the fence, you're like, ah, oh, it's just like anything else. Like there's just, there's so much like uncertainty in venture capital that at the same time, it's like once you lean into it, it gets a lot better. Yeah. But the fact that like people are betting on you, it's like really quite humbling. But at the same time, like they're betting on a lot of people. It's like you don't really own anything in their portfolio, right? So right. it's like <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That's that's a good thing to note. For people who aren't familiar, it's like a VC will what's the stat? It's like for every 10 investments they make, they're basically counting on one of them to work or something. Yeah, absolutely. Like, no, yeah. It's crazy. It's honestly crazy. But at the same time, like one of those things working could be a hundred. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a Dropbox. It's whatever. But um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes the horizons are several years. Sometimes the horizons are 20 years. Like right. it's, it all depends. For sure. I want to ask, because you mentioned earlier talking about exposure. I'm curious because exposure is a like a badass product on its own. <laughs> it's really cool. It's you've you said it's like seven years old, eight years old at this point. It's basically a de- it's basically a decade old at this point. Yeah. But I raised money for it at a later time. Yeah. OK, so like I want to hear the difference between you building exposure and that was just you on your own. Correct. No. Nope. No, no, no. That was um, AK. Uh, no, AK. Sorry, that was Kyle Bragger. Who, and we originally started that in like a startup studio, so very different inception mm. than any distance was. Um, we, you know, building a product inside a studio and then spinning it out is much different than deciding to like build something for fun and then you have you own it all. Like when you're inside the studio, you inherently give up ownership of some of it because of the resources you're being you're being given. So it's a completely different. Uh, st- story in that kind of way, and also just like exposure was burst into the world with like a com- like a lot of different baggage and things like that. Like any distance is just like the cleanest little thing I could dream of because like a- I was in full control of it. I knew from working on exposure for ten years, like what makes the difference from an operational perspective and making sure like everything is squeaky clean from the start and investing in bookkeeping tooling and all the stuff that makes running a company kind of suck yeah uh is actually again it's never been easier to start something it's never been harder to grow something but the starting part it's like you know what tools to use it's like a breeze and if you can spend the money to make it easy it is worth it that's a lot of what venture capital is too it's like you spend the you throw money at the problems that you don't that you can solve with straight crash straight cash and then work on the actual problem you need your knowledge work for right um but yeah and it's uh exposure is 
yeah, just completely different beast. And uh, after 10 years, like, you know, you would expect your passions and personal and professional lives to change. And it just wasn't my, it just, it just I shouldn't have been working on it for that long. Mm-hmm. And realistically, like it, it was kind of kneecapped a little bit from my own personal life and my own kind of interpersonal journey with various stakeholders and Kyle and things like that. So thankfully it's in a good spot now. It's now in the very capable hands of a board member and advisor called Michael Grun. So he's already like, I was like, I officially like handed off the reins like okay. last couple, the last couple of weeks. So completely different beast, but uh, very happy that it's there. I'm still like a majority owner of it and uh, it's going to go off and hopefully do more amazing things instead of uh, kind of, idling a little bit it was like mm. almost turning into a lifestyle business when it shouldn't have been so right it's very hard to let go of something like that when you work on something for that long <laughs> for sure for sure i'm curious like maybe besides money because i think you're right like that makes sense like yeah just using cash to solve some of those problems that you learned about early on in running mm-hmm. exposure what are some other things that you learned from running exposure that now you are bringing into any distance that you feel like, oh, now I get to leapfrog all this bullshit that I had to deal with the first time around, <laughs> but now I can make this way better. I mean, having an inherently shareable product was probably my biggest like takeover. Like exposure like grew organically. There was never any cost to acquire any users because people were sharing exposure. Like they were sharing a link. There was like a big logo on it. It was like built with exposure. So similarly it wasn't like a, it wasn't like not, not intentional that I started any distance with a sharing angle because it right. was like, you can grow something and create a baseline organic level of, of growth without it paying you for it mm. by making a shareable product with your logo on it. Like, that's really like the easiest marketing. Uh, and now people are buying t-shirts with our logo on it. And right. like, uh, it's like, it's creating, creating that like kind of brand that people care about and are like happy to leave the logo on mm. is like. If you can build something with that loop built in, like you are in good shape. And it makes things much easier when you get to actually like starting to do paid acquisition or marketing efforts and things like that. Like it's, it's a, that is easily the best place. The best decision we made was just like kind of like, oh, we will start with sharing because, well, there's a problem we were trying to solve, but like I had learned that you can grow things organically right. nicely like we could we could leave any distance not leave any distance but we could keep developing any distance as product and do zero marketing and still grow right we just won't grow at any like maybe like as interesting rate as what we can now like when we can spend two months and a lot of money on figuring out channels and things like that um that side of that like i a lot of the contractors that i worked on exposure with are now at any distance in some shape or form so it's like a lot of network building, thankfully. Mm. Like that's kind of the fun part about, you know, zero entrepreneurship is that you learn who is good and you can bring them along to different projects and you learn strengths and weaknesses. And like you also learn your own strengths and weaknesses. Like I know full well, like I shouldn't be doing any, any web engineering anymore. Like <laughs> I'm not good. Like things have moved on a lot. So I get to like hire my favorite web engineers for that. Um Legal, again, like had like a bunch of legal snafus mm. with exposure over the years. And again, our general counsel, Greg, has just like been there the whole time. And it was like a GDPR thing at one point. So I'm like really super aware of all that stuff, mm. like super aware of the privacy aspect of that. Yeah. yeah, I think exposure was like the liability of having a lot of data is like huge. And we mm. actively don't want to store anything with uh, any distance, which is a really helpful privacy yeah. temple. Like we store everything in HealthKit, like Apple HealthKit as a database, which is like, we don't have, we, we it's not our database. It's like right. on your phone. Right. Yeah. That's, that's off your, you're not liable for any of that stuff. Well, not even liable. It's like Apple's liable. Right. So like they do a billion dollars worth of fucking security. Right. And that stuff. Like it's amazing. Yeah. And it's free. Like we also build the actual database of users, which again, we like actively try to store as little information as possible, like on top of CloudKit, like, Mm. you know, learning how much AWS, Amazon's web services cost through exposure over the years and then going to uh, Apple CloudKit and being like, oh, it's free for like how long? They're like, oh, like so long. It's insane. Like it has literally cost us on an infrastructure level, like. I don't know. I think it's like 200 bucks a month <laughs> with, for like one little database we run for some other stuff. Like it's wild. It's wild. Like the, just from like a, you know, operational standpoint, like exposure taught me a ton of stuff. Right. So now I kind of get like hop, skip those lessons and be like, oh, thank God. Like bench, like bench is a cloud bookkeeping yeah, service. Yeah. You just connect to your bank. Again. 
oh my god best thing in the whole world i love it yeah <laughs> like literally i just categorize some like some expenses on my phone and then i get to see a really clear profit and loss like how much we're spending our burn and then you put that into gusto for like payroll and things like that. it's just incredible how yeah. like if you can afford the tools how nice it is to be like an entrepreneur you need a hr team hr you don't need like a payroll team you don't right. need like a full-time bookkeeper like it, there's all these things you just plug into each other and they just work and that was that was what you i optimized with exposure was like kind of like being this like solo founder for a while is like how can i make as many tools like as i need work for me in like a low impact way and then those same lessons i brought to any distance and allows me to like do ceo stuff and still do product design and right. like feel like i have a handle on it i'm not like there are days for sure where i'm just doing admin like right now i'm just setting up our first set of benefits like that is a fucking huge learning for me like i've never done it before right but at the same time i'm using gusto because i trust them uh i feel like i should put my referral link here they do give you like 300 bucks if you do refer <laughs> someone it's pretty good uh and uh so i'm skipping all that stuff like in terms of like clunkiness but like yeah. um but at the same time i know i can still be curious about ideas like some days i just kind of like noodle it's like i'll pick a pick a direction and we noodle or and things like that and we, we still ship like crazy people thanks in part to being able to optimize our operations and like that's something a lot of early people will have trouble with and that's like that's kind of a <laughs> Weirdly, now I'm thinking about it. It's like a very, <laughs> pretty fun skill I have. Like I feel confident starting another company after this. Yeah, like that's that's the fun of serial entrepreneurship in some dumb way. It's like kind of like you get like oh like it gets easier every time you do mm. it because you're learning how to optimize the kind of necessities. Yeah, and the U.S. doesn't exactly make it. Then the U.S. doesn't even make it like easy. But you know, there's you know, Stripe Atlas, right? Like we right. set the company up with Stripe Atlas to be a C-Corp and it was just like done in it. We did the application in a day. A week later, we were a company and our, you know, our shares were issued. It was like, okay, we got to manage our shares. Okay, like off to Carta, like do all that stuff. Yep. And yeah, it's just, it's just like really good if you can, can do it. Um, right. And that's part of, part, part of raising capital is kind of spend money on those problems. Right. Yeah. And then it's cool to think like how much effort and, money now you can use to actually care about the product itself versus yep. all this shit yep. that's like oh yeah hr or payroll or all these things it's like oh you literally can just sign up for a service for 500 bucks a month or whatever and like that's covered mm -hmm. now which is really cool mm -hmm. i oh they're not they're getting cheaper by the minute too which yeah, is great yeah for sure you mentioned earlier just like your your mental and physical health journey through the years i'm curious like what mm -hmm. what have you changed personally over the past couple of years, like as far as health and like, I've noticed like you use any distance constantly, whether it's running or lifting yeah. or whatever. No, right. No, right. No, right now. Like, it's been a rough couple of weeks of like being very distracted by business building. Yeah. And it's like so obvious how more anxious I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like what's, what's the journey been like for a couple of, I mean, you're building this app and I'm curious for you personally, what it's, what it's done for you. Um, well, the whole thing was like basically like, over 2021 was like its main grounding moment when I ran a thousand miles after running like no miles my whole life. So the uh, last quarter of 2020, I was like, is when I like kind of the running, the walking turned into running and I like started to like feel considerably different. Like that's when I've never had like a physical change from working out and I've really haven't ever been like a working out guy. I think like the you know, the most active I was was when I was skateboarding like all the time when yeah. I was like 18. Um, I've never been a contact sport. I've never been a team sports guy. It's just like, I just kind of exist on a computer. Uh -huh. So yeah, when Ronald's starting to run like multiple times a week and kind of doing 30 mile weeks, like it's consistency is like so fascinating. And like the change that you can bring to your body with like, not no effort, but like a consistent effort is wild. Like I didn't really change my eating or anything like that. Like I just like ran all the time mm. and then once you can like kind of like understand the the draw of running and like your, your your ability to change your physical and kind of like mental you know um quality of life like yeah it's like lifting kind of is fun and you know i became fascinated with the market and products over like probably my physical well-being and i mean it was great to like i don't know it's like it's it's weird to like be in shape as someone who has traditionally just been existing mm. like that was fun and I, I, if anything, it kind of like it drew a lot of conversations around 
like body dysmorphia and mm. like how I was presenting my journey and things like that. And like getting like having really interesting conversations about people that really struggle with it. And like, it's not necessarily about the physical change for sure. Like right. that's almost like a, it, it's, a, it's, it's a great, it's a great byproduct mostly for like generally like getting into that right headspace and like feeling wellness versus like fitness. That's why I actually actively try to stay away from the term like, athlete and um fitness and things like that like they are they're here for sure but like this is generally more like a wellness mm. brand overall overarchingly but yeah it's like that plus like a ton of therapy like again like a privilege that i get to do it um i was during like the hardest part of 2021 um when i was like ooh, ooh i was depressed and after someone who had never been depressed before mm. like i was like okay i get it like i have so much more like emotional empathy not just cognitive for people that have experienced depression yeah. or recovering from it it's like it's a fucking it's a trip like to not access your brain again i was fortunate enough to have the right kind of healthcare where i could go get antidepressants i've been on lexipro for like a year and a half and like you know it's a little pill you take every day and like now i have to consider like i think i'm in a good spot to come off it and you're like mm. i have to consider the repercussions of that like i mean you know, this is a bigger conversation about general, like, being, like, sick or poor in America type thing we can get into. But for me personally, it was just like, here's the impact I can make on my well-being through being physically active in a rigorous way a bit a week. And when that just happened to dovetail into probably the hardest, like, couple fall of my entire life like it was obvious that like oh this is gonna this can make an impact on other people mm. if we can incentivize them so ad can make the back of that and that's why i feel so strongly about it so yeah but um it's just oh, fuck man like i i yeah it's i have respect to everybody going through the worst times yeah god damn it god damn it was awful i know i was just talking to i had some uh friends in town we went to i told you before we hit record we went to see the mars volta last night uh, yes. classic Kick classic ass. band but <laughs> we were all talking and you know all three of us live in different places now we all grew up like literally these these are buddies from elementary school and we all went to like mm -hmm. middle school high school together and so we were just like catching up and we were all like we were on a packed subway in new york mm -hmm. and this concert we mm -hmm. went to was completely packed mm -hmm. and i just had like this realization where it's like holy shit like we just came through this the weirdest hardest couple of years ever <laughs> oh god yep. but even but even like for for me man like i just feel like there are certain things like you know whether it's like drinking too much or like uh mm -hmm. eating like to comfort myself or yep. numbing out and watching shows or like all these things um and like i've gotten i've gotten more and more into physical wellness uh i mm -hmm. like that word as well but like mm -hmm. it's way more for my brain than for my body like yep. it's way yep. it's way more to make me feel uh because i've struggled with depression for a long time and mm -hmm. i just find like yeah if i'm not like getting out there and being active and moving my body breaking a sweat um yep. my mind is just a mess and i think that mm -hmm. uh especially where we are now just in society with being on screens and stuff all day like the more we can encourage and incentivize activity it's just going to make everyone's brain feel way happier but yeah man it's been a hard couple yeah. of years <laughs> yeah well i appreciate you sharing that it's a it's a tough one um but yeah using the little doom light box to maybe like maybe you consider going out for a walk like that's like you can see where i'm going here totally. it's like i just like uh and eventually like any distance will also have a social network component which will have a lot more community driven features um it's called 80 80 world uh that will come like towards the middle of next year um and that yeah that, that, that'll be again like a, a celebration and motivation incentivizing versus like competition and comparison like that i think like that is what stops a lot of people like mm. i have these like big lofty ideas of like a new type of gym eventually yeah um because like throughout this people are like oh, you know how do you <laughs> like it's like i've been to a few gyms now i'm like less intimidated but like the gyms are intimidating Very. and like yeah, and yeah. being starting starting to be active is intimidating because you do one thing you're like oh i feel like shit i don't want to do that again right. like, eh, like so um there's just so much to do in this like specific problem of like getting people to you know get off the doom scroll machine and do something interesting with it um because it's capable of so much we have more power in our pockets than like any generation in the history of the world and what are we doing with it it's like and we're watching the worst things in the whole world in between like six other videos of like gut health and like right. 
hot people doing things. I'm like, it's <laughs> fucking delusional. And like, I'm privy. Yeah, I'm just privy to it. Like, we're doing, we're all just like idle machines. We just like mm. tip, tap, 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 tap through stories and yeah. flick through. Thankfully, I've managed to avoid TikTok all this time. Please, everybody shout at me in the comments. Like, I don't have it on my phone. I don't have an account. It's great. Um, <laughs> I can appreciate the, the, the culture is bringing is actually very good serious, but like most, uh, there's a, um, there's a uh, newsletter I read called Garbage Day from um, Ryan Broderick. Mm. And he, was, uh, there's a, he just did a newsletter last week that was like basically like all websites are just websites to talk about TikTok now. <laughs> and so we're all, we're, all, we're all just like scrolling through various like uh, consumption methods of TikTok all day. And like it's not great for it's not great no, for everybody. Right. But again, as someone who plays in late stage capitalism and has benefited greatly from it, like it's swings and roundabouts and a lot of things so. for sure but uh yeah but, but there's there's something to be done here and hopefully like you know giving people a scooby snack for going for a little walk actually seems pretty fun yeah exactly yeah if, if you're gonna spend time building something i think that's a worthy <laughs> a worthy place to do it uh, i feel like I gotta, I gotta do something <laughs> yeah for sure dude well uh i think i'm i'm good is there anything else you want to mention i mean obviously everyone if you're interested in wellness getting getting outside moving around go download any distance but was there where do you want people to, to go check out what's going on anything else that you want to plug um yeah so sure you can google any distance um this week we are doing early access for our native activity tracking in the app which is a big deal basically brings the app into core competency and direct like competition with Strava and like your own club stuff like that so that's a big deal for us like this brings us like the fact that I can send the app to my up now and be like record a walk instead of being like Download Strava and then record it. You know? Right. So that's a big deal. So please uh, check that out. Um, it'll be in full, full early access um, by the time this comes out. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, just uh, drop me a, any DMs uh, and thoughts about this kind of stuff. I'm always all ears. Uh, we're raising money in March if anybody wants to contribute. Um, yeah, just Google any distance. Go, go give it a read. See what you think. Awesome. Lou, thanks for being on, man. Appreciate it. And thanks for everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, want to get more of these, just head over to alexsug.com, sign up for the newsletter, always get uh, updated when a new episode drops. And last but not least, this episode was edited and produced by Josh Perez. If you are looking for help with your podcast, Josh is the guy. He's a great producer and an even better human being. So get in touch with him at justjoshperez.com. I'll be back soon with another new episode. So until then, let's go make something cool. Thank you.